I stay bout it, I'm not pouting Break through walls and climb it mountains If you want it, scream it loud And show this world what they've been G'day listeners, welcome to the Braintainment Podcast. This show is an interesting mix between pop culture and personal development with a very wide range of guests that come on the show for a chat from the sports space, philosophy, health and fitness, entertainment and everything in between. The idea is to entertain or to educate you guys and hopefully sometimes both, either through just myself or with the guests that come on the show as we explore different ideas and concepts and have some really interesting conversations. The mission with the Brain Tamen podcast is to raise a million dollars, and that all starts with uh, building an audience and a platform. So thank you for tuning in. Our goal is to raise a million dollars towards brain injury recovery and research. So if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and family, and be sure to subscribe. With that said, strap in and enjoy this episode. G'day guys and gals, welcome to a very exciting installment of the Brain Tamen podcast. Today we're chatting all things fitness, physical health, and also the importance of building the right mindset. We're going to riff on some great ideas and topics, um, as I tend to do always with my guests, but also get some really practical uh, takeaways to start making changes to optimize our physiology and our psychology and move in the direction of, of really becoming the best version of ourselves. So my guest, throughout his years in the health and fitness industry, he's worked with clients in person, of course, and online, ranging from professional Olympic athletes, celebrities, fitness models, and social media identities, and all uh, people looking to achieve their health and fitness goals. He's also currently the head trainer for the Keep It Cleaner app founded by Steph Miller and Laura Henshaw. He is consistent, always shares valuable and relatable information with a no bullshit approach to help those who follow uh, along with his content via social media, his email list, and the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast, which let me assure you guys is a fucking beauty. If you enjoy my stuff and like the way I share um, and as someone really looking to make positive changes, then man, I could not give a, give a more aggressive endorsement than to connect with this guy. So with all that said, welcome to the show, mate. Welcome, Dan Kennedy. Liam, thanks for the intro, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, appreciate you reaching out and looking forward to the chat, mate. Well, mate, we've, uh, we've been chatting a bit off air and over the last few weeks uh, as we've connected, but you know, I feel like there's heaps we could riff on here, but we'll try and pack in as much as, as we can. Um, but dude, like I said, t- heaps to unpack. But firstly, you know, you've dedicated your working career to, to fitness and, and personal growth. Just for some context, mate, what, what is it that took you down this path in the first place and why is physical exercise, training, moving the body, you know, why is that so important? Yeah, I guess early days, um, I grew up in country Victoria and then early days, uh, I was right into my football and basketball and, um, and I was naturally super, super skinny and like still am, but, uh, before I started lifting weights and, and before I got into, you know, learning, I guess the fundamentals of nutrition, I was super, super skinny. So, um, got to the point where I was about 15 or 16, I think. And, um, one of my basketball coaches said, that I needed to start getting in the gym and, and building some strength so I didn't get kind of pushed around so easily during the games. And um, so I got in the gym. Uh, initially, I just fucking hated it. I really didn't enjoy it at all. I was like really a big fan of cardio. Like I was, my aerobic fitness was always my strong point. So I could just run and run and run. Whereas when I went to the gym, I didn't have that same, you know, a lot of people listening have probably experienced it if you've done heaps of cardio and you start strength training. Initially, you feel like you're not really working that hard 
sitting down in between sets and, and stuffing around and shit. So um, I didn't like it. Then started to see results and just fell in love super quickly after that and quickly got obsessed. So I was just, you know, I was loving, you know, training in the gym more than what I was actually enjoying my my sport, my actual, you know, the sport that I was trying to basically turn into a career um, and then just got obsessed with it. I was just um, studying up on anything I possibly could to do with training and nutrition, um, motivational videos, magazines, all that type of stuff, going to all the expos in the fitness industry. Um, initially, I moved to, sorry, eventually I moved to Melbourne um, for, for basketball full-time and straight after year 12 and while I was in year 12 I did my certificate like I did my qualifications to become a personal trainer just separate to school just did it online throughout the the 12 months I was doing year 12 and um and purely like in my mind all I was doing at that point was playing basketball like there was no real other there was no plan b um I'd applied for uni to do exercise and support science but never really intended on going um was going to be playing basketball professionally. That was what I was wanting to do. I just did the PT qualification just in case I wanted to train some mates or whatever. And, and I just wanted to make sure I had some backing behind me. Um, and then moved here to Melbourne two years um, for basketball and still was just absolutely loving the fitness side of things. And, you know, I moved here in 2012, um, same height as that I am now. And I was about 25 kilos less than what I am at the moment. So yeah. Yeah, you know, I was super skinny. I was training an excessive amount, had no idea what I was doing with nutrition, but thought I knew I tried like everything you could possibly try with, with training and nutrition. This wasn't really seeing results. Like I definitely had gotten stronger, was fitter, um, had a bit of definition and all that type of stuff, but just couldn't put on any size, was way too underweight and wasn't seeing the results I wanted to until I really kind of dove into the, the world of evidence-based training and nutrition and continued to further my research and study in that regard and started actually looking into reputable sources and, and learning from people who actually knew what they were doing. That's when I started to see results with you know myself physically um, with training and nutrition. Uh, and at this point, I was still playing basketball started to get questions from friends and stuff, just asking for advice and, and really enjoyed being able to help others feel the same thing that I had um, and experience the same thing that I had. Um, so then at the end of my end of 2013, I had an ankle reconstruction from basketball and, um, had every intention obviously to come back. And then in that period, I just didn't miss it as much as what I thought I did. I started PTing full time, started helping other people. Um, I did a physique competition in that period as well. Cause I'm pretty like, I guess, driven and motivated person who finds it really hard to just do fucking nothing. So I set all my focus on something else cause I couldn't, it couldn't be basketball and, yeah, that, that was kind of the start of it. It kind of went from like a really negative situation where I had this injury, which was just like, it was, I was like borderline depressed because I'd went from playing and training basketball two to three hours a day and being like basketball being my sole focus to not doing it at all for months and months. So it was really rough initially, but it was a biggest blessing in disguise, which eventually led me down the path of, yeah, starting my business and starting to build a career in the industry and just got to the point where I thought, fuck, you know, I could go back to basketball and either get injured again or, you know, make it or not make it. Um, or I could continue doing what I'm just absolutely loving. I loved every second of helping everyone and, and just training and being in the gym all the time. And I just wanted to make sure that I actually built a bit of a career and thought that, you know, long run, um, that was a much better option. And yes, I'm stoked that I stuck with it because 
just yeah, haven't looked back since and still still just as passionate, if not more passionate about it today than what I was back then. Um, and I've just learned so much since then, which has been, yeah, like I said, full time since 2014. Mate, that is awesome. And I think what's pretty clear when uh, we hear you talk and some of the stuff that you put out is you are very passionate. And I think that's what I like about your approach. You touched on some of the the extras, I suppose, that you've, you know, you've dove into over the years in terms of the psychology side of things and, and managing mindset and motivation. Yeah. You're looking at evidence-based, you know, workouts and nutrition. It seems like you're really thirsty for knowledge, which I absolutely froth and, and why I wanted to bring you on the show. Heaps to unpack in that already. A um, couple of things. Firstly, it's, it's it sounds like there's hope for me yet, mate, that um, if I can put on some size, because I'm quite skinny and I've been trying to put on size for a bit. So to hear that you were uh, a skinny little kid and looking at you now, you're pretty jacked. Um, that's uh, that's pretty promising. So it is possible. Mate, I, feel, I still feel I still feel extremely skinny, but no shit. Like, like I said, when I moved here, I was 25 kilos less than what I am now. And I, yeah. and like, I genuinely still look skinny now. So you can imagine then. And, I, and at the point, I, at, at that time, I thought I was jacked too. I thought I was massive. And, uh, you know, if it was a windy day and I didn't have fucking heavy shoes on, I probably would have blown away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mate, uh, do you, I want to know, so with your approach with your clients, um, and even just applying to your own, um, you know, your own physical performance, whether it's putting on the size or or getting fitter or stronger in any capacity, have you found that by adding that, those extra elements of the right nutrition, the right um, like tweaking the exercises based on the latest science, being able to manage your own mindset, all those variables as opposed to just hitting the gym. Have you found that's been really helpful for, for you personally? And is that something that you offer with your uh, with your clients to really help them get the results they're after? Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's funny, like particularly with my online coaching, like in-person personal training obviously is um, – 99% of it is, well, not 99, but majority of it is the physical aspect, like actually teaching people how to train properly because that's what they're paying me to do and we're face-to-face. But with the online side of things, particularly with my consulting and my content, it's it's like the actual physical side of things, the training side is literally probably like on the lower end of importance or lower end of how much time I spend on that aspect with people majority of the time now is spent on teaching them how to eat for long-term and sustainable results, teaching them how to start to form healthier habits with, you know, their nutrition, their mindset around training, um, giving them the tools to make sure that they don't need me anymore. Um, and that's kind of like my business model, which is not exactly ideal um, for, for uh, a business model, but the idea is for them to not need me because, I don't want to just give someone, you know, a PDF of a training program and, and a diet plan to follow. And when they go off that, they have no idea what they're doing. I'm trying to give them the tools to take control themselves. And then most of the time they stay on anyway for the accountability side of things. But yeah, like the training side, the gym part is literally on like the lower end of the, of the scale there. Um, like I said, nutrition's huge. Mindset is something and mindfulness is something that I've kind of dove real deep into over the past few years and now that's a massive um pillar of my coaching services Mm. and my program is is starting to help people understand how important um headspace is and you know that may include you know meditation journaling goal setting in particular gratitude journaling all that type of stuff and again giving people the tools to have an all-round um an all-round approach to health and fitness and not just going in and following a program in the gym where you're just doing sets and reps um that is obviously a big aspect of seeing results 
but it's only one part of it. And there's so many other, other aspects that come into play when you're trying to see results that actually last. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about your daily practices in a moment. I think that's really interesting. Um, but in terms of challenges, mate, what are, what do people often present themselves with um, when they come to you? Is it, is it to lose weight? Is it to gain weight? Um, what are some of the common sort of goals, I suppose, that people have from a fitness point of view? And then what are some of the challenges that get in the way? Like, what is it that, why don't people mm. stick to, you know, diet plans, fitness regimes? What, what is it that makes us um, fall short in our goals um, so often? Yeah, I'd say like the order of the kind of people that come to me, it have to be majority of people just want to lose body fat and, and just look look better, change their body composition. Still get a heap of people obviously wanting to build muscle mass. Um, that's usually in usually kind of leans towards the the male clientele. Um, and then I, I've taken like over the past few years, like big ownership, I think in trying to help um, girls in particular get in the gym and learn how to lift weights and to use resistance training to their advantage and teach them how, how important it is to be in the gym and that it's not going to make them big and bulky and all that type of shit. But whatever the, the problem is, most of the time when, when a client comes to me, it's, it's trying to follow an approach that's just not sustainable. Like that's what the fitness industry basically is filled with just bullshit. To be honest, a lot of the time where something makes money. So that's what people levitate or gravitate towards because it's the next shiny object. It's, it's in, in at the moment, it's the next fad. Everyone else is doing it, blah, 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 but with no regard to what they need as an individual. So for me, it's about teaching people, like I said, if you want to lose fat, it doesn't have to be the worst experience in the world. You don't have to cut out all the foods you enjoy. You don't have to start following a training plan, which you hate and dread all day when you're at work and you don't even look forward to training. Mm. So it's helping people understand that it's a lot easier than what it's made out to be. Like the fitness industry really is just filled with a lot of crap, unfortunately, and and purely because it makes money. I mean, you know, if you've got a, a, a type of supplement, if you've got a training plan, if you've got a... You know, a fad diet or whatever it is and people are making people are spending money to to do it mm. then you know I, I don't blame you if you're trying to make make money if you, you can make it a big business out of it but my approach is different like I, i'm not here to try and sell people a product i'm not here to try and tell people that my way is the only way or that to to get good abs you have to do these three exercises and that's it everyone's different mm. so that's that's the problems people come to um, come to me with usually is that they're just following something that's just never going to work yeah. it's not sustainable it's something that they fucking hate and it's just not customized to them so particularly with nutrition i'm really big on making sure that it's custom to the individual and as i said before making sure that it fits in with their lifestyle because you know when you talk about clientele if it's a professional athlete an olympic athlete then yes they have to make sacrifices that most people would never even consider but for the majority of people that are listening to this that want to see results, whether it's lose body fat, gain muscle mass or whatever, you don't need to do things that you hate. It's actually super, super simple. You don't need to be following something that's the most difficult thing in the world to do. Um, so I, I just try and help people understand that and, and give them the tools to do it and, um, and make sure that their training and their nutrition fit within their lifestyle and not the opposite way around. Because far too many people go, I want to lose fat. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're not going out for dinner with their friends. They're fucking, you know, whatever, get, getting up at times. I hate getting, like just doing all this stuff that doesn't fit within what they would usually do. And that's never going to last. Yeah, you know, you look at your nutrition and I tell my, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I just no, tell my clients that like, look, I'm never going to tell, if I have a client who loves a glass of wine on a Friday night 
or maybe they like a glass of wine every night. I'm not going to say to them that you have to cut wine out completely because that's never going to work. They're going to eventually want it again. And it's probably going to, they're going to want it more than what they want it now. So you just work that into their calorie intake for the day. Make sure it's sustainable. Make sure they enjoy doing what they're doing and still see results. You don't have to sacrifice everything just to lose a bit of body fat. And it, but, but most of the, the, the marketing out there leads you to believe that you need to do something super drastic, but it's just not the case. Yeah, dude, there's something like insanely powerful about that approach and, and recognizing that, um, you know, you really, you almost have to fall in love with the process to some extent, right? So of course, if you're trying to change your same, and obviously the works for the, the same way for the, for our psychology, which we'll talk more on in a moment, but if you're trying to change something in your body, of course, there's going to be some element of resistance and there's going to be some hard days, but I think the key is like you touched on so nicely there. If you hate your, what your approach is, if you hate every day of training, you hate what you're eating, like you said, it's just not sustainable. And I think that applies for every arena of life, right? Like you have to fucking love or at least not hate the process mm. um, rather than just fixate on the outcome and expect to be able to consistently show up, um, you know, daily uh, and put in the work, you know, it's just not going to happen if it's, if it feels like a grind. And I imagine that's part mm. of the approach that you take with the people you work with, right? Is to like, yeah. how do we make this exciting? How do we make this fun? How do we make this this training something you look forward to coming to? Yes, you're going to get a sweat. Yes, you're going to feel uncomfortable. That's part of mm. the process of change. But man, there has to be some element of like, fuck it. This this process is actually kind of inherently rewarding in and of itself, right? Yeah, I made I made a video about that yesterday. Um, you know, talking about. To, to, for, in order for something to change, it, something needs to change. So you, you need, you're going to need to be uncomfortable. You need to give your body a reason to change. That's, that's never going to be any different. So the process is simple. Sticking to it can be difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's not like, um, you know, I tell you these things and then oh, within six weeks, super easy, you're going to be shredded. It is going to be hard, but it doesn't need to be as hard as what you're probably making it. And, you know, we talk about training. If you, ha- you are going to have to push your body past where it wants to be to give it a reason to change you're going to need to get outside of your comfort zone to do to make those changes but if i fucking hate squats with a passion and that makes me hate going to the gym and that makes me not look forward to training that makes me train like shit and then that means that my results are going to be a lot slower than usual swap out the squats you don't need to do them like there's other ways to make sure that you're targeting muscles in your fucking lower body to see the same result in a way that's more enjoyable for you i might love the leg prep excuse me, I might love the leg press. So maybe that means instead of going in and doing squats, I go in and push myself to the absolute limits on the leg press instead. doesn't matter if you're not doing squats. Mm. So that's, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yes, there's a point where it will get difficult and to, you need to give your body a reason to change, which is not going to be comfortable, but it doesn't have to absolutely fucking suck from yeah. the second you decide to want to lose body fat. It shouldn't be the case. I'm doing that at the moment. I'm trying to lose some body fat at the moment and, Whenever I do that, and even if I'm trying to gain muscle, I try and document a lot of the shit I'm doing through my social media to show people that it's not that. I'm not changing much at all. Still eating the same foods as what I would be if I was trying to gain muscle mass. I'm still training very similar. I'm just much more strict with the intake I'm having with my food. It's, it's a bit less than what I would usually have. That's about it. Maybe mm-hmm. add in some, some extra training to increase my energy output, but that's it. It's not like I'm doing anything drastic. And it applies for me. It applies for someone who wants to come in and see me today and lose some body fat. Or it could also apply for a professional athlete that I'm working with. The principles, like the all the rules are the same. Yep. The degree of how disciplined you are with those is what determines your results. 
Mm. And then the key there that I'm hearing is consistency, right? You can't expect to have mm. one epic session in the gym or go for a massive run or have one nice salad and expect, you know, drastic results. It really is about um, consistency. That's certainly what I've found from, you know, any sort of endeavor is showing up, yeah. doing the right things over and over and over. Yes. Enjoying the process like we've, like we've spoken about, but um, consistency and allowing for some level of time, I suppose, to pass with the right things is super important, right? consistency and and heaps of patience you know you think about someone that has never really been in the gym or someone that hasn't taken care of themselves physically and mentally for a long period of time and then they start this new fitness plan and it's been like three weeks and they're like what the fuck i still look the same but you've consistently been doing the wrong thing for a huge amount of time and that's how that's how you've ended up in a position you're in now it's not like next week if i decide to start eating like shit for a week and i don't train as much within a week, I'm going to be completely obese. It's going to take time and consistency with doing the wrong thing to get to a point where I'm way off where I want to be. So the same applies when you're trying to make positive change. You need to give it time, be consistent, and just don't expect it to happen overnight, which is also why you need to enjoy the process. Otherwise, it is going to be super difficult to sustain that consistency. Yeah, which, I mean, now we're getting to a different can of worms, I suppose, but that that becomes so much more challenging in a world that's so driven by instant gratification, right? Um, and self-comparison and things like that is to, you look at someone else who's, you know, um, miles ahead by comparison in a particular goal, whether it's the way you look or the, you know, your level of fitness or strength, um, you know, and we're so driven for fast results. It's hard to accept almost the reality that yes, time is a variable, but just like you slowly, but surely built bad habits that led to where we are now, we can flip the script and, you know, implement good habits and daily practices and then over time we can see those massive results but yeah it's hard to penetrate that that mindset um yeah you know it's, and the, I, it's the that instant instant versus delayed gratification and you look at um you can't be looking on like this is the problem that social media is unbelievably good and unbelievably shit at times and the reason why it's unbelievably shit at times is because so many people just use it for the wrong reasons and it is comparison it's looking at someone's you know, it's looking at someone who's 10 years in and then comparing it to your one year in or looking at someone who has grinded over and over and over again, consistent as fuck. And of course, they're only going to post, most of the people only post shit that they want people to see. Mm. So you're looking at that and you're going, oh, I want to be like that. And how come they're always doing this? And how come everything's always good for them? But they would go through just as many negative and rough times as what you would. And they've also probably had, like I've just said, probably years and years and years of consistency and being in the same position you're in right now but they've just stuck it out and, and been patient. And then that's what happens. Mm. But yeah, if you continually, if you're continually comparing yourself with others, you're in a pretty shit time and it's not going to do much for you, for you, for your um, headspace and your mental health. Mm. If you're constantly looking at where other people are in comparison to you, you've just got to figure out where you want to be reverse engineer, how to do it and just be patient and just be consistently compare yourself to you. You should only ever compare yourself to yourself. Yep. I mean, if you're looking at going, looking at yourself after a year of being in the gym and you're going, fuck, how come I don't look like this guy who's been in here for five years? Instead of that, flip it and go look at look at where I am now compared to where I was 12 months ago. And yeah. that's, the only, that's the only motivation you should need. Yes, you can use external factors for motivation, but it shouldn't be what you solely rely on. Mm. Yeah, I think if you can get good, like you just said there, about whether it is, say, a year in or whatever, the, you know, whatever that process looks like, and, and emotionally... And it is hard. And this is like, this is something I struggle with, with you know, yeah. different areas of life. 
But what I've tried to do over the recent sort of year or last year or two is get really good at emotionally rewarding myself for um, for those wins, not comparing to other people, but comparing it to myself six months ago, 12 months ago, a couple of years ago, and feeling like a fucking rock star, um, you know, for my ability to make change and progress from that person previously, right? It's the same in my fitness, my physical health. And, you know, I've spoken on this show about some of the issues I had around a head trauma and trying to go through that rehab. But then also from a headspace point of view, you know, and trying to rebuild a different sense of identity, you know, far from where I want to be and the people that I talk on air with here and off and off air and just interesting conversations, you know, um, that's a whole other thing we'll talk about in a moment if we have time about identity. But, you know, I feel like I've made progress when I compare to myself, you know, and, and that is a really good feeling if you can get good at reminding yourself how, how big that is in and of itself, right? Yep. And I'm sure we'll touch on it at some point, but that's where the benefits of things like journaling and stuff come into play when you can go back and genuinely look at the day 12 months ago, the shit you're writing then or your goals for that day then compared to what they are right now. Because it is hard. There's definitely days, there's tons of days where I'm kind of going like, you know, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And then like all it takes is that, you know, five minutes, whatever, sit back, you know, and just genuinely think about how far you've come in, whether it is the past couple of months, years, whatever it is, um, to bring yourself back to the present moment and, and, and understand that it is a journey and you just got to keep moving forward. And as long as you're continually improving over time, there's all you can do. For sure. Um, so just on journaling and daily practices, I want to talk about um, some of the stuff that you get up to behind the scenes. And this is not to suggest that people listening or watching, people tuning in, need to become you know the next Dan Kennedy. I think it's good just to get an idea of uh, what people do um, when, when no one's looking, I suppose. And I know that you're really disciplined around journaling, meditation, things like that, that then allow you not only just to feel good, which should be just everyone's fucking priorities, just to feel good, but then allows you yeah. to then go out and perform, grow your business, you know, um, work hard in the gym, et cetera. So could you maybe just share a bit about your day, a day in the life, I suppose, in terms of some of the daily practices that, um, that you adhere to? Yeah. So this is stuff that I've just built up over the years and similar to what I talked about before with the tools in the toolkit in regards to training and nutrition. It's the same for me with my, I guess, personal development. So um, I never have been the type of person that enjoys reading a book. And then it was years ago, like it would have been maybe one of the first years I started um, in starting my business. I started, um, I read a book by Robin Sharma. And after that, I was kind of hooked on, I guess, personal development and started looking a bit more into that type of um, type of thing. So really put time into con- continuing to educate myself on not only just training and nutrition, but also personal development and, and um, I guess leadership and all that type of stuff and just getting, to, trying to become a better version of myself. And, um, you know, after some pretty stressful times and, and just kind of abusing or neglecting my mental health for a, a fair while, um, it was end of 2016. Um, I was like, starting to get into a not great, not, not a great headspace. And, um, I started meditating every single day. I, I bought a journal, started journaling every single day, meditated every single day for 2017, same for 2018. And then since then I've kind of like, I still, I, I meditate every single day now. Um, you know, when I started, it might be three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Whereas now for me, it's a pretty stock standard practice to be 20 minutes every morning. So I guess typical morning for me looks like, um, you know, I have a cold shower, um, which I find is just awesome way to not only physically feel fantastic afterwards, but mentally it just builds up discipline and, and, um, 
and I guess resilience to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do, particularly throughout winter and stuff. The last thing you want to do is get in a cold shower, but working on my breathing, getting in that cold shower and just being super present because when you're in a cold shower, there's not much else you can think about other than the fact that you're in a fucking cold shower. Um, so it brings you really, really uh, right um, to the actual moment, which I really enjoy. Um, and I've, I've done a heap of research around kind of Wim Hof and um, done a few of his workshops and stuff, which I really enjoy. So I've, that's a stock standard practice for me. Um, the meditation, as I mentioned, so I try and do 20 minutes daily now. Um, you know, at the moment, I'm kind of right into one of um, jo- uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's guided meditations, which I, f- which I find super helpful. Um, I then do, I write down um, the small goals for the day. So these are usually aligned with whatever my long-term or bigger goals are, but they're this baby steps. They're the things I need to get done. Or it could be something as simple as pay a bill, you know, I can, whatever, call mom, call dad, whatever it is. And again, builds up momentum by ticking them off at night. Um, in the morning, I do a gratitude journal. Um, and I've also started kind of setting intentions for the day, which is something I've been doing over the past six to 12 months, which I found really beneficial. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like a lot and sounds like it, sounds like heaps and that's just things i've added in over time it literally just started with a, a three minute meditation now it's all of that's the cold shower meditation journaling and all that now which which is something that i just find sets me up you know i start pretty early so i get up uh, at 4 30 do all this before i leave the house at 5 30 and then start work at six so by the time i've left the house i already feel productive i feel like i'm in a really good headspace um, and it just sets me up for a really successful day. And, and I just really enjoy it. I've definitely feel like it's, it's helped me improve my headspace a ton. Mm. And, um, it's now something that like, I definitely don't push it on other people, but I just kind of make people aware of the benefits that I've seen from it. And it's crazy to get feedback from people that have now started doing similar things and on how much of a difference it's made for them as well. Yeah, definitely. I really like that. You've got that AM block sorted as well. I feel like that's probably the easiest you know, everyone lives chaotic lives to different degrees, but I feel like the morning um, is probably the, our biggest opportunity to get right. And I feel like if you do own that that hour or half hour and definitely smart, start small, I like that, mm. um, you know, and build from there. I feel like if we own I that section that, of the day, you can build momentum from there. Yeah, 100%. And I'm not saying that everyone has to do it in the morning or whatever. There's days where in the morning I'm just, I've got too much shit to do or I might be might get up late or whatever and I do my meditation later in the day. But I just find particularly with the intentions, the goal setting and like mm. the journaling side of things and you start to, especially once you start working on intentions like and and thinking about them, not only at the start of the day, but like I try, I try to, and I'm not great at it, but I try and do it between each practice throughout the day. So it could be I finished with a client just before this podcast. So before the podcast, kind of sit down, have a quick, um, do some, some breaths and think to myself, all right, what do I want to get out of the next 45 minutes. Yep. Um, how do I, you know, how do I want Liam to, I guess, feel what do I want his audience to be able to get out of the, the conversation and what do I need to do to make that happen? So getting really intentional. If you, if you start to get into that um, habit, you realize that that block in the morning can be the difference between an awesome day or a shit day. And when you start looking at the law of attraction and manifestation and stuff, if you get up in the morning and you're still half asleep, you walk out the door, you don't have no real intention of what you're about to go and do for the day. You're kind of starting behind already. Like you're you're already behind with your day. Whereas if you take that five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, maybe 30 minutes, hour, whatever it is, to just get really clear with what you're about to go and do, you'd be amazed at how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, man. 
Fucking oath. I love that. Just on cold showers, I've been on cold showers daily for about two years now. I don't think I've missed a day unless I'm like wildly sick. And yeah, that's um, such a good way to start the day. I find it super refreshing. I encourage everyone who's listening or tuning in to give it a go. Start the practice, even start with warm and then finish on cold, just kind of build, you know, from there. I actually had, that's a really interesting caveat. I hadn't actually looked at it from a point of view of um, training ourselves to just be present in that moment. Um, and the reason I bring that up is I wanted to tie it back to um, the idea of setting intentions for the day, right? I found that whilst cold showers in the morning, I'm super disciplined with, tick, meditation um, for about a year now, pretty consistent, but there's a couple of days I miss that. I, and, and so I still need to work, uh, work on that area. Um, but I've got those two things reasonably dialed in. It's interesting yeah. you mentioned that the intentions. There's been a couple of times where I've tried to build that into a into my routine, I suppose, and it's been beneficial. It just hasn't stuck, you know. And I want to get back to it. So I'm glad you bring it up. And one of my is that stuff that you do mentally or like physically write it down. Um, write it down. So I find writing down really crystallizes my thought, and it's I can kind of keep myself accountable. I can revisit it in the evening and not have to remember, you know, what it was. I can't well, try and even trick recommend. myself. Yeah. And that's good. And I, I think both are super beneficial. I'm trying to do the physically, physically write them down in the morning, but the, the, I guess, what does he refer to them as? I, I first come across this, like the really specific intention setting um, from Brendan Burchard. Oh, yeah. And he, he kind of has like, there's like three or four questions and he calls them transitions in your day. And yeah. even if you don't physically write them down, if you start doing this, like a guarantee your productivity, your happiness, everything you'll just be amazed at how clearer you are with 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 achieving shit every single day but so every transition so like i said before it might be once i leave my house i go and sit in the car or once i get sorry once i get to the work in the car before i get out of the car and come into the gym take 30 seconds close your eyes few deep breaths literally think to myself what am i about to do how do i want to feel if you're doing it with someone else or other people how do you want them to feel and what do you need to do to make sure that happens and you do that every transition throughout the day, you'd be fucking amazed at uh, the difference it makes. But not only in productivity and happiness, but if you think about driving to work and someone cuts you off or um, you're running late and you get every red light and you get to work and you're fucking fuming and you get out of the car, you treat someone like shit on the way in, you have a phone call and then that pisses you off. And then all of a sudden you're manifesting such a, a, a negative day and that rolls over into everything you do. Whereas if you get to work, you've had every red light, you've fuck whatever it is you get to work and you're pissed off you take 30 seconds close your eyes deep breaths what am i about to do now you you kind of separate yourself from what just happened and you're thinking about what you're about to do you set those intentions and all of a sudden that 10 minutes of shittiness before work is gone you you forgot about it's done now you don't carry that with you for the whole day and sometimes people carry that with them for the whole week and and you start affecting all different areas of, of your life instead of just fucking the fact that you took a little bit longer to get to work. Yeah. So, I mean, it's super powerful. Super powerful. And that is fucking massive. I love that. Um, and I really like the idea of having just transition points. You know, where yeah. me and you have spoken off air a couple of times uh, with a couple of other lads that we connect with regularly about having like habit, habit loops and being able to habit stack and having cues. And I think that's really important. So the idea of as simple as like, fuck, before I get to work, yeah. well, when I'm in the car, when this happens, then I do this. Right. And the idea of just taking 30 seconds, not fucking three hours, but just 30 seconds yeah. to, to breathe. Um, 
And I definitely find that those times where I had tried to set an intention, it's almost always around breath work. Cause I find I'm often out of breath throughout the day. Um, yeah. Not necessarily marinating on any particular problem. I just find my body gets in a stressful state quite easily. And then if I carry that into, yeah. you know, say this conversation with you, then I might be stressed. I'm just not going to be as fluid as I'd like to be and, and provide the value that, you know, that I want the audience to get. Um, whereas yeah. if I have that intention, literally 30 seconds prior just to get my breath work right and be very aware of what I'm trying to produce. And, and the reason I'm highlighting this is because it's just so important and I'm not, I'm not the poster boy for this yet. And it's something I want to implement moving forward. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's a really big one. It had a a massive impact for me. So I'd recommend everyone give it a try and you'll forget there's days where you forget to do it and stuff like that. But I guarantee on the days that you, you do it, like the difference you'll see is just crazy. And just even, yeah, like being able, just like this chat or a meeting, or if you're working with a client, you just think about the best way to think of it. I think, particularly from a a person to person um, perspective is if like, if you've ever been with someone you're having a conversation with them, but they're also texting at the same time, fucking there's no connection. There's no, they're not present. You know that even though they may be responding, they're not really there. And it's just like, it's just shit compared to if you're standing, sitting face to face, standing face to face with someone and having a conversation, you can tell they're right in that moment. Mm. Imagine the impact you can have throughout the day or the productivity you can have when every single thing you do is at that level of focus and, and intention. It's crazy. Mm. Good takeaway, mate. A couple more I want to throw at you before I let you go. Yeah. Um, firstly, just whether, whether it's in regards to you know, uh, gym progress or fitness progress or trying to build a new habit or a new way of thinking, um, I want to come back to identity. We touched on it earlier, but what do you what do you say to someone who comes to you and says, Dan, mate, look, I'm trying to lose weight, gain weight, or I'm trying to just feel better. I'm a little bit anxious, depressed at the moment. I just want to really feel better about myself. What do you say to that person who who wants those changes, but you know, when they present themselves, they're pretty clearly trapped in a in a sense of self that doesn't serve them. So, you know, yeah. the, the obvious example from a, you know, in the fitness and health space is someone comes, they want to lose weight, but they've been overweight for 10, 15 years, perhaps their whole adult life, and their identity is such that I'm a fat person. You know, how do you kind of navigate through that sense of self to to break those limiting beliefs before you can actually, you know, see results and, and make them last? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is um, check out some of um, whether it's his books or interviews or whatever, Joe Dispenza, his, his content around changing this perception of yourself, changing your reality with your thoughts is, is insane. That's where I've learned a lot of my stuff from. But kind of carrying on from what I just said, like it's your thoughts literally create your reality, good or bad. Bad thoughts are going to create a shitty reality good thoughts will eventually manifest and create a better reality. So you need to change your beliefs and your language in your head, the language that you speak, your actions that you do, your habits that you do every day to suit where you want to be. So if you've constantly been overweight, chances are all of your habits are aligned with being overweight. You know, you go shopping and the first thing you do is go to like the section where, um, you know, your clothes shopping, you go to the section where like the biggest sizes are. You go out for dinner, you're probably in a, obviously, if you've reached that point, you're probably in a habit of continu- uh, consistently just looking at the shittiest food possible or food that's got no nutritional value. Maybe when you're around your friends, you put yourself down to, to, to kind of make yourself feel better and say, talk about yourself as a bigger person, whatever it is. All of your, the stuff you think, the stuff you say is probably aligned with being overweight. You just need to flip that. And it sounds super simple and it is, but it doesn't mean that it's as easy as, um, you know, 
easy to do as what it is to say, but you need to start to change that. You know, start to change all your habits. Start to think of yourself as someone that is in shape. Start to act like someone that's in shape. Start to do the habits. Start to speak the language. Start to, to think the thoughts of someone that is already in shape as if it's already happened. Because then everything else will manifest around it. Everything else will align with those thoughts. But if you're consistently, it's like another example is when you're in debt. You're constantly thinking or worrying about the fact that you owe money. Everything is based around, oh, I've got to do this because I've got to pay that off. Or I can't get this because I am owe money already. Or I hope so-and-so pays me today because I'm in this much debt, blah, blah, blah. Chances are you're consistently going to be in that state for a fairly long period of time. Instead of changing your mindset around, instead of worrying about how much debt you're in, but start focusing on how you can produce more money, how you can focus on what you already have or how can you build more wealth or how can you change certain things to make sure that you are you are bringing in more money or not not expending more money so then the debt takes care of itself. But whatever you think about is what will eventually become reality. So mm. I hope that answers the question. Mate, it does. Yeah, I think it really just gets to the core of it of like, you know, behavioral change is only going to be Certainly, it's only going to last if our level of thinking kind of matches it, right? And some of those practical, yeah. act as if almost is what I'm hearing you say, right? I think, uh, I don't know where I heard this recently. I can't remember where I heard this, but they were talking about, oh, fuck, where was it? Might have even been on one of our, one of our calls um, about, you know, a smoker when someone's like trying to quit smoking and someone asks them to come out for a smoke. Instead of saying, nah, I'm trying to quit smoking, if you use a language like, no, I'm not a smoker. Mm. Like that, not only to other people around you, but also to yourself. You're like yeah. making, you're, you're creating that reality inside of yourself that no, you're not a smoker anymore. Whereas if you're like, I'm trying to, it's like when you say to yourself, you're not going to drink, but you're not really that set on it. You just don't want to have a few drinks. You go out and everyone else is having a few beers. Someone's like, oh, do you want to drink? You're just like, oh, I wasn't really going to drink tonight, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, I am not drinking tonight i'm driving like i'm so like I'm, or you want to quit drinking altogether and you just say oh, i don't drink alcohol compared to i'm trying not to drink alcohol the chances of sticking to one or the other is completely different yeah dude yeah this is my fucking jam like i i like to talk about the the power of language right like and one easy way to do it is literally like as if uh, what you're describing there um, something as simple as I'm the kind of person that, or I don't do this. And using that language, you start to rewire the neural pathways um, from a very biological yeah. point of view, such that our thinking you can change over time. If you don't yeah. believe it, no one else is going to believe it. Fucking Why would anyone else believe it if you don't? Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Mate, one more before we go. Um, I mentioned the yeah. fitness and lifestyle podcast. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, some of the guests on there are fantastic. You share yeah. some stuff with um, with just you um, and really go, in, go deep on everything we've touched on here. Um, how did that come about? My understanding is you've had that for a couple of years now. So why start the podcast? Um, and, and what can people expect, um, if they're tuning in? Yeah, I started it because I saw a bit of a gap in the fitness, health and fitness space for podcasts in Australia in particular, when I first started listening to podcasts myself, um, I started listening to them relatively early, I guess you could say. Um, you know, even now, like they're getting popular, but when you put it into comparison, it's still, it's, we still haven't really touched the surface of how big pod- podcasting is going to get, I think anyway. But, um, yeah, so I saw that gap. Um, I said that I wanted to start one for a while. I even come up with some names. I came up with potential guests, all this type of stuff. And just was just procrastinating for so long. And now I was listening to a podcast. I think it was from, um, or maybe it was the audio book. Um, might've been an audio book with Grant Cardone, I think. And he talked about taking action 
and you know how those that are super successful are those that are going to make progress are the ones that say they're going to do something and just do it and instead of putting off something to tomorrow that you could do today just doing it right right now doing it today like why wait regardless of focusing on it trying to be perfect or whatever just start just start straight away so literally the day that i heard that i went and uh i went on google typed in how to start a podcast it was like a, a really good blog i wish i had the fucking name of the blog but had listed out exactly how to start a podcast you know from how to come up with a title how to create a thumbnail how to start uh start an rss feed get it on itunes all this type of shit what mics to get and stuff so i went to jb hi-fi bought a mic pretty cheap mic it was like 60 70 bucks um came home recorded my first episode like to be honest the first 20 to 50 episodes are fucking horrible but <laughs> recorded Same the episode <laughs> by the end of it by the end of that day i'd submitted my I'd set it all up, submitted my first like three episodes to iTunes. And then since that day, I haven't missed an episode since. And I, that was like about three years ago. Um, so it's been awesome. And I'm so, so glad I did it then. Even though, like I said, the first plenty were horrible. It's to the point now where I, it's, I love it. Like I'm able to, I remember like it took me two and a half hours once to record an eight minute episode. I was like, just that fucking bad at it. I'd stuff up and I'd start again. I was like reading off a script pretty much. Like it was horrible. Whereas now I can like record an episode by myself, press record and have fucking not really any idea of what I'm going to talk about and just comfortably do it. And it's allowed me to reach more people, help more people, um, link up with people that I probably never would have had the opportunity to do so. And yeah, it's just, a, I just really enjoy it. So I'm so glad I did it, even though it wasn't perfect when I started mm. and it still isn't and never will be, but if I had to still be waiting for the right time, I may not have even started yet. Oh, bro, that is the fucking perfect place to finish. Um, you know, really glad that you, you went in uh, to the, the backstory and, and some examples of how you felt and what you're experiencing. Uh, I think it's easy to look at you or, or anyone for that matter, but look at you and say, you know, your podcast does really, really well. And, there's, and this is just one sort of element of your work is the podcast um, and see how well it's doing now and, and the traction you get. But to hear you describe Googling, you know, how to start a podcast, I've been there. And I think it makes it really tangible. We, and it makes it easy for someone yeah. to start um, to digest the reality of like, fuck, just start with the first step. Every person yeah. does. Don't compare yourself yeah. to someone two, three years in the making. Compare yourself to right now and and do what needs to be done. Yeah. And over time, you'll get better. So I really like that. 100%. 100%. Well, mate, um, I'll link the, I'll put all the, the links to you in the show notes. But just quickly, mate, uh, where can people find you? You on social, website? How do we get, how do we get access to Dan Kennedy? Uh, yeah, the, probably the three platforms I put out most content is through my Instagram, which is just um, at DJK Fitness. Uh, my podcast, as you mentioned, Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and then my email list, which you'll be able to find on either of those, um, which is kind of through the website anyway. Um, but yeah, that, I put out really consistent um, amount of content. So if anyone wants to hear any more or see any more, then just um, feel free to check it out and shoot through any questions that you've got. Thanks again for listening to this episode. If you did enjoy it, if you got some sort of value from the episode, please do us a favor and subscribe to the channel. We've got lots more to come and share it with your friends and family. It all helps our mission of raising a million dollars towards brain injury recovery and research. So please share the podcast and I look forward to sharing more with you on another episode.